Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that tell means. It means it's episode 217 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast brought to you by the Bald Move Network. My name is Eric Emmanuel Sanders Walquist. And joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... Uh, Jesse John Ryan Wilson. John Ryan, baby. Have you, have you, have you, Puncher. Have you caught any of the, uh, the game tonight? I was watching it. I, I watched it up to halftime. Suffice to say, Emmanuel Sanders is my new boyfriend. Okay, who is that again? <laughs> He's just a wide receiver for the Broncos. He's got three touchdowns tonight, and I and I happen to own him in a fantasy. Up to league. three. Yeah, he caught another one in the third quarter. So, owie wowie. I ha- like I said, I happen to own him in a fantasy league, but that has nothing to do with my eternal love for him. <laughs> so anyway, Jesse, I think we should get to the topic that's on everybody's mind. Let's go straight to the kicks to the Kickstarter uh, update. Yeah, let's, um, as of recording, we have three days to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, this campaign will end on Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard, or sorry, Pacific Daylight Time. There it is. That's October 27th. Mm-hmm. And it, it's definitely coming down to the wire, but at this point, I only need less than $1,600 yeah. because I got a flurry of donations yesterday. It's it's really exciting, but I think the the main thing here with our listeners and like loyal listener, you've been I mean you've been listening every week. You know that we don't need to tell you the the awesome things about Lovecraft Brewing Company and the way that it'll change Jesse's life forever and probably everyone who's ever met him's life forever and everyone who's ever listened to him's life forever. But the fact of the matter is, this is like this is your last chance. If you're gonna give, you gotta give now. Yeah, there's no time. Yeah. This, we're the last weekend, basically, of the Kickstarter. So, um, and it's super exciting. I mean, you're ninety five percent of the way there. It kind of boggles my mind when I think about we were on this podcast saying that we only have twenty eight thousand more dollars to raise, and it's almost there. <laughs> like we only have sixteen hundred more to raise. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's getting there. It's it's getting to a really big number, and it's super exciting, and I'm extremely happy. Yeah, um, but this is the last chance. And I will, you know, I don't want to... See, Jesse, you couldn't do this because you own the company, but I could do this because I'm just a schmo. I'm just saying, (laughs) if you've already given, all I'm saying is that if you want to look at this a little analytically, there's 5% more to go. So if you just boost your contribution by 5%, so say... Ooh, I like that approach. Yeah, I mean, say you gave uh, at the $50 level to get the t-shirt, right? If you boost your level by 5%, that's only $2.50 more, and that gets us a little bit closer. If you boost mm-hmm. it by 10%, that's $5 more, and that gets us that little bit closer. And he makes up for the other schmoes who who didn't do the, the, the 5%. So all I'm saying, like I said, Jesse can't say this because it's his company, and he needs to, he needs to put on a, a nice face to the public. But I can say it to you because I'm just a schmo. Get, just, just do that extra 5%. It'll make you feel good in your heart, in your soul. Yeah, so uh, get on it, and like I said, there's a couple of limited edition things you can only get through mm-hmm. this uh, Kickstarter, like the cool print by my brother-in-law and Word. the Hypnos IPA hoodie, yeah, so dog. you're going to want to get those. Yeah, it, it's just, and really, I mean, you're, you've are you been a listener, uh, you've at least listened to this episode, so congratulations on making it this far. 
Um, but a lot of you have been with us for a very long time. You know our love for beer, and maybe we've had a little bit of an impact on your love for beer, which is super cool. And uh, this is kind of the opportunity for personal arrogance to put their money where their mouth is and say, you know what, we're going to stop sipping beer and start making beer full-time the way that we want to make it. And by we, I mean Jesse. So... <laughs> um. It's just I'm I'm giddy I'm giddy with excitement and I just can't wait to see it go over that that uh, precipice. But we can't do it unless uh, all of you people who have been sitting around for the last sixty days and saying I'm gonna give but I'm not sure when I'm gonna give. This is your opportunity to give. It's your last chance to give. And one day when you see Lovecraft Brewing Company in a twenty two in your bottle shop, you can say I may I helped make that happen. And that's a pretty fucking awesome thing. So. That's my that's my schmo sense. No, that's a great impassioned plea. I couldn't have said it better myself. I love you, buddy. <laughs> I I love everyone. I know you do. All right. <laughs> I love craft. I love Brewing craft. company. Brewing company. Uh so Jesse, how was your week, buddy? Pretty good. Uh right now I have something in my eye and mm-hmm. it's driving me nuts. Speaking of stuff in your eye, I went out to Fuh this week with Lydia. Um, Did you get some fuzz splash? I it was the worst. It was like, because I like to make my my pho as spicy as possible. I th- I think of my pho as a <laughs> full body cleanse. Oh no! Okay, it's like I need to I need to replenish every I need to I need to expel and replenish every fluid in my body when I eat pho. <laughs> That's disgusting. Starts with sweat. Starts with sweat. Ends with uh-huh. other things. Don't need to go into that here. But, <laughs> so I make this thing piping. Not only is it hot, but I'm putting spices in it. I'm putting peppers. I'm putting sriracha. I'm just going full bore on this thing. And I take a nice big sip of a meatball. Slips out of the side of my spoon. My fl- my big flat spoon. And then falls directly into the pho and splashes directly into my eyeball. Couldn't have been more of a direct hit. So, it, it basically, yeah, it rolled a 20 on my eyeball. I've gotten a lot of pho splash, too. It's kind of a dangerous, oddly dangerous food. So, it was so extremely painful but literally all I could do is laugh because there's something that's hilarious about the worst possible thing happening. And that was, at that moment, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> barring a, an armed robbery of the pho restaurant, that was like the worst possible thing that could have happened. <laughs> so I'm with you, buddy. I, I stuck in your eye, brothers, you and me. Yeah. Yeah. The rest- I need a, I'm just saying, like, when I'm a rich guy, uh-huh. I'm going to build a I have a couple of rich guy things that I want. Mm-hmm. For one, I want um, disposable coffee cups in my kitchen. Oh, really? Yeah, so that like when I'm going to work or whatever, mm-hmm. I can just pour my own coffee in my disposable coffee cup, and I'm not like right. toting around a reusable coffee cup. Okay. Because screw you, nature. <laughs> I'm screw you. I'm rich. Yeah. I'll offset these And I think another one would be I kind of would like an emergency chemical eye wash station in my house. (laughs) That would be so clutch like twice a year. Yeah, exactly. Like twice a year. I'd be like, yes, to the garage. (laughs) And I'd flush my eyes out. It would be awesome. You also have to have the lab shower. That's easily (laughs) my favorite part about 
taking chemistry in high school is that you have the lab shower. And mm-hmm. during the training, they're like, you guys, if you get these chemicals splashed on you, don't. there's no modesty. You have to strip down <laughs> and take a shower in front of your entire class. It's I just the way it is. I never got that spiel. Oh, I got that spiel. It's AP Chem, buddy. You're not, I mean, oh, yeah, I did not take AP Chem. Regular Chem, you're not dealing with the kind of shit that we're dealing with in AP Chem. Okay. Uh-huh. And then they were like, Eric, demonstrate for the class. <laughs> My favorite thing is that there's like a little shower curtain that goes around it. Oh, so there is a little bit of honesty. There's a little bit, but like, that's like, I feel like that's for the chemistry teacher to come over and be like, take off all your clothes and then zip, zip the thing around. Like, that's not going to scar you for life. <laughs> no, no, that's a pretty normal experience for a high yeah, schooler. Getting naked in front of your entire class and taking a shower in front of them. Totally, uh-huh. totally normal. Actually, you do have to do that in gym, though. No, you don't. I guess it's optional. Not in today's world. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I ever once showered in gym no, class. I didn't. In fact, I was terrified of it. And, like, I remember, like, I, I contemplated joining the wrestling team in junior high, and then I realized that you were required to take a shower if you joined the wrestling team, and I noped out of it. Hmm. Noped it. You know, I do recall in high school, though, there'd be, like, two or three guys that would take the shower. Yeah. That, uh, they were Good on, for them. They were on the wrestling in, team. <laughs> in, re- <laughs> in retrospect, like, yeah, they're like, screw it. I don't want to be nasty, stinky gym dude for the rest of the day. I'm going to take a shower and you all can deal with it. Dude, when I was in junior high, you were lucky if I took a shower once a week. I'm not going to take a shower every day after gym class. Well, I'm talking about high school. I was though. barely pubescent. <laughs> Throughout your entire high school career? Yes, until I was 19 years old. <laughs> No body odor. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Jesse, what are you drinking this week? Oh, I got free beer from work. Nice. Just finished up uh, Refresh at Seltzer Water. My Love favorite. It. I actually went out and I just kind of got the cheapest six pack at the local market here on the corner. And uh, and it was the Aloha Series Castaway India Pale Ale from Kona Brewing Company. Um, yeah. So drinking a little bit local here because this is brewed in Woodenville, Washington. Uh, for those who, for those who are not in the know, it's not actually the domestic Kona Brewing Company is is brewed in Washington, not in ex, not in Hawaii, um, even though the company is there. Um, yeah, I went to their I went to their brewery in uh, Kona, and yeah. it is very small. Mm-hmm. It's not even possible for them to make as much beer <laughs> as they pretend to be making there. Yeah, it's it's so you read the site, Kona Brewing Company, Kona, Hawaii, Portland, Oregon, Woodenville, Washington, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um But anyway, uh it is still really good. I like it. It's a very fresh drink. It reminds me actually a lot of the Audible Ale, which I know you're not a huge fan of from Red Hook. Uh, but it is uh, brewed at the same place that it's it's brewed at Red Hook in Woodenville. So um, but I think it's a super drinkable beer. So if you're looking for something a little tasty, something that will impress the parents. The parents always like Kona Brewing Company. <laughs> That's true. It whisks them away. If you just show up with a Kona six-pack and a lay, like, you have scored major parents' points. Talking to you people are meeting their, their significant <laughs> other parents for the first time. <laughs> and a lay. And a lay. You got to do it. That, you have to replicate. That's a bold move. Yeah, it's a bold move, but that is a move that will – I feel like that will solidify – old people fucking love Hawaii, dude. <laughs> it's true. 
And I understand it because I love Hawaii. And I'm getting to the point where, like, I want to go to Hawaii every year. And, like, if you're 60, your Hawaii urge is so strong if you live on the West Coast. So you show up with a delay and a Kona six-pack and maybe a fire dancer, you are in, like, Flynn with the, with you, the parentals. Flynn from Carpet Sense. Yeah, where you can buy Carpet for Sense. Now, that makes sense. Yeah. You have no idea. It's actually a super apropos conversation because uh, my mother-in-law recently was, like, she wanted to go to Hawaii and she wanted to go with me and my wife mm-hmm. and Russell Nisha. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, uh... If you guys pay for like half the plane ticket and half the hotel, I'll cover the rest. Yeah. And we're like, no, no, we're still not going to do that. I can't really afford it. We're too busy right now. We got other things going on. Right. And then later she showed up and she was like, well, I'll, I'll pay for the whole thing. <laughs> we had to be like, no, no. <laughs> Dude, people fucking like if you live on the West Coast, especially in the Northwest, and I, I feel like this is yeah. something that especially East Coasters, even people from Texas, Midwest people even, don't understand. Because Hawaii's fucking far away from the, even the Midwest. It's far away from Seattle. Like, it's a six-hour yeah. plane ride from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, it's really far out there. It's super far out there. But, like, if you live, at least from my understanding, like, it's the place you go in Seattle. Specifically in the wintertime. People are always going to Hawaii because, like, you have to, or else you're going to, like, get sad. You're going to get seasonal affective disorder. Well, uh, no, who goes to Hawaii more than Washingtonians per capita? What? Alaskans. Oh, for sure, dude. And that's why Alaska Airlines flies, like, tons of flights yeah. out of Anchorage straight to Hawaii, and like, nonstop. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and, and also out of Seattle. Basically, the two carriers that you have are Hawaiian and Alaskan. Like yeah. Alaska Airlines loves to fly to Hawaii because you got yeah, they to just funnel depressed people to Hawaii nonstop. Yeah, and I know, like on the East Coast, my understanding, or even on the Midwest Coast, like I know Aaron went to the Bahamas, uh, like last year or something. Like I feel like you go to the Bahamas, you go to the Caribbean if you're on the East Coast. West Coast, you got to go to Hawaii. Right. Um, anyway, I guess there's pros and cons for each, though, because like the Caribbean's much cheaper, correct? Uh, I guess depending on where you go, I don't. I have no idea. I've never like, been to the Caribbean. I guess I went to Trinidad, which is either. in the Caribbean, but it was on a mission Hawaii trip. Hawaii is expensive. Hawaii is expensive, but it's also America. Yeah, no, that's why I think the problem is. Like, I would almost rather go to Fiji. Uh huh. Just like the extra hour. Yeah, I don't know. It might be hard to get a direct flight to Fiji. I it's think it's in pricey. some sort of state of semi-military dictatorship after a recent coup. <laughs> I'm just saying, I want the cheap treats. Is what I want. Yeah, it's true. Hawaii is expensive when you get there. Like everything is expensive. It's like it's like five dollars a gallon for gas, and like the yeah. drinks are pricey. But you know what? The beach is free, motherfucker. I don't. I don't like that. Uh, my wife hates it. I'm not a beach guy. So, but Tasha likes the beach, right? Yeah, she loves it. Yeah, that's all we do now on vacations is go to the beach, Lydia and I. Right, right. It's beach and a pool and then drinking. The I don't like the beach. What you, you like to snorkel? Don't you like to snorkel? I've, I've actually uh, not really. No. Jeez, man. I know. I'd rather just sit. Like, I'm the type of guy who like sit on the beach chair and like work on my D and D campaign. But that's the thing. You got to just bring somebody. Ch- like you and I could just be doing this on a beach, getting drunk, and it's. <laughs> It's equally, it's at least as good as what we're doing right now. That would actually be a great episode. 
<laughs> Beachcast. <laughs> Kickstarter. Kickstarter for Beachcast. Anyway, Jesse, we got to get to some listener feedback. I love reminiscing about Hawaii with you, but um, but yes, old people love Hawaii seriously, especially if they're like GIs. Like if you, if there's like an old dude who's a GI, he fucking loves Hawaii. Just get him a lay and a Kona six pack, and you're in like Flynn. Right, exactly, because he was stationed there in like '53 and had the time of his life. Exactly. Um, and he probably is still wearing an Aloha shirt. Let's be honest. All right, let's let's get to some listener feedback, guys. We got we got Jesse. We got like an all star lineup, and I know we got Roger Dotsie last week. We didn't get him this week, and I'm a little bummed about that, but that's okay because I feel like he was the appetizer to this entree of our all star lineup of feedback this week. And of course, we got to start it off with. Dun, 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 dun. Here comes Michael McBride. Michael McBride here. I was just listening to your podcast, and I had to say I completely agree with your one thing about football. I mean, yes, the one thing is Dallas is right now, as of recording this message, are 5-1. and one. I'm excited about that. Dallas hasn't been this good in years. But I have to agree with you guys completely on the statement of there's way too many penalty flags. Like, one call that I called against y'all when we played y'all this past Sunday where Richard where Richard Sherman apparently tripped Des Bryant. I'm sorry, but he kind of, I don't consider that because he didn't put his foot out in front of him and tripped Des Bryant up. No, he made the tackle he could because he had jumped for the ball and missed. He grabbed him by the foot because that's a thing you got to do. That's, he had to make the play to keep, he had to tackle Des because the only way you can, the only because if he hadn't done that, Des runs in for a touchdown. I mean, come on, what are you going to do? You're going to just let it, you're just going to let the guy run away from you? No. You're going to do everything you can to keep the play from becoming the a score against you. And that's just how it works. Yeah, Michael, I'm completely with you, dude. And I was actually, so I was watching the Monday night game tonight, and Jesse, you said you kind of watched the first half a little bit. I got a little yeah. bit more respect for the whole Denver thing. And I feel like, I'm sure the people from Denver don't want to hear about a Seahawks fan like saying they're good. Because, like, you know, whatever. But Denver's doing this thing now where they're, like, just taking a knee, kind of. It's like they get their yards and then they just kind of take a knee because they know Peyton Manning can get them another 12 yards on the next play. And it's 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 uh, it's kind of phasing defenses. Like, in tonight's game, uh, the Chargers got an unnecessary roughness penalty just because, like, basically Ronnie Hillman took a knee and this guy, like, crashed into him because he's like, I don't know what's going on. Um but I didn't think that that – I feel like that's, A, a smart move because it preserves bodies, and, B, doesn't take away from the game. I think I'm with you, Jesse, here that, like, I don't need it to be violent. I just want it to be strategic and fun, and that's that's what makes it interesting. Um, yeah, I wasn't noticing that. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't watching the game very closely. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't see that. I'd be interested to see what those plays are like because, well, I yeah, I mean – why why risk an ACL tear for an extra yard and a half? I I know like football's a game of inches, but it's really not anymore. <laughs> it's not at all. It's a game of penalties. But um, but I'm I'm with you, man. Like it's a game of penalties, you win or you die. <laughs> I mean, they're not like taking a knee, taking a knee, but they're basically like I saw Demaryius Thomas catch a ball in a crossing route, and then he just kind of like took a slide, like almost like a quarterback slide. And it, it's like that's right. that's not a bad idea. And like obviously this is the Broncos, so they have Peyton Manning. They have a electric offense. They're going to be able to get the yards after on the next play. And I'm sure. And a lot of teams aren't in that position where they can be confident they're going to get a positive gain on the next play. 
but it's kind of refreshing actually. And it's like what I do in flag football. Like if I get like kind of caught, I'm just gonna be like, "All right, I'm down. Let's, let's next play, guys." Yeah, good. I, I don't need a I don't need a collision sport. Like I said before, yeah. I just good tack fundamental tackles, stop the play where it needs to be stopped, and then do the next play. That's true. All right, let's get up to the next uh, phone call. This one comes to us from Georgia. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Will from Alabama. I guess from hey, Alabama. I was calling because of your superhero rant. I enjoyed it. It was quite nice. Uh, I was wanting to know, you guys ever heard of, like, the mixed universes, the DC and the Marvel mix-ups? Like, I think my favorite one was uh, Dark Claw. It was, like, Wolverine and Batman mix. That was pretty cool. I want to know if you guys could mix any two DC characters, uh, DC character, Marvel character. Like, what would you mix? Who would it be? What would you do? Or did you ever just used to create superheroes and make up your own ones? I know me and my buddy, he listens now too. Uh, he made up Kevin Larson. He was impervious to bullets. His nickname was Kevlar. It was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that was all by Steven. But anyways, uh, man, another thing though on your superhero rant, man, I'm kind of tired of superhero origin stories. Like I'm really, really tired of like rebooting Batman 15 times. Why can't we just tell stories? About Batman. Like, here's a new Batman movie. It's about Batman beating up the Riddler. Like, we don't have to reinvent Batman again. Like, that's so stupid. Like, don't reinvent him. Like, we don't have to see how Spider-Man went to high school and how he was awkward and stuff to learn that he's Spider-Man and he can punch lizard people in the face. I mean, come on, guys. Let's just be for real. Anyways, just your thoughts on all that. And stay arrogant and get off my back. (laughs) Get off my back. Will from Alabama. Yeah, dude. I, I So they were actually called Almagam Comics. Have you heard about these, Jesse? No. So they're, they were an amalgamation, uh, like Amalgam Comics, of DC and um, Marvel superheroes in, in the same comic. Um, so you had Super Soldier, which was a cross between Superman and uh, Captain America. Uh, you had the Amazon, which I guess was, uh, I don't know who this is, but I'm guessing it's Wonder Woman and somebody else. Um, and, and yeah, and you had Dark Claw, who was the, uh, the Batman slash Wolverine combo. Wait, are they teaming up or is it one person? No, these are like, they had a baby. And oh. This, yeah. So, I mean, Dark Claw is obviously the coolest. Because you're kind of taking the coolest DC character and the coolest Marvel character and putting them together. That's um, pretty unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, Batman's pretty unstoppable himself. But he doesn't need to be invincible with claws coming out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he might accidentally kill someone, though, and then have, like, a crisis of conscience. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that's my only weakness that I can find. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there was also Lobo the Duck, who I'm guessing is a cross between Lobo oh, and Jesus. Howard the Duck. Um there was yeah. oh Jesse, you're gonna love this one. Aquamariner. It's the uh, cross between Aquaman and Submariner. <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> Just Aquaman and a Speedo. What <laughs> What about Hulk and Lex Luthor? Oh, I kind of like it. Evil genius Hulk. Yeah, it'd be like uh, Lex Banner or Hulk Luther. 
or Lexanor. Bruce. Or it could just be like a bald guy with the brains of Hulk. <laughs> he has the it only it only happens emotionally, it doesn't happen physically, the transformation into the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ugh, Lex Smash <laughs> Alright, calm down, Lex. Calm. Lex Smash Ow! Lex hurt his own hand. <laughs> How Lex becomes CEO <laughs> with Caveman Speak. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh I mean like it's so funny because there are also characters that are in the DC universe and the Marvel universe who are basically clones of each other, like Deadpool and Deathstroke. Like one is called Wade Wilson and the other one is named Slade Wilson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't need that. That's that's weird to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's all good. But did, when you were a kid, did you ever make up any superheroes? I can't really think of any. Oh, I totally did. I had a whole, I had a whole freaking storyline. Oh yeah, it's called the Let's Jimbo. It. It's called the Jimbo Project. This is like when I was in sixth grade, and the Jimbo was all, um, it was all, it was J period I period M period B period O period, and I can't remember all of the names, but there were five squirrels who lived in the Appalachian Mountains in an Appalachian Mountain lair. And their name started with J I M B and O, and so it was a Jimbo project. And they were billionaire genius squirrels, <laughs> and they enlisted the help of three superheroes. One of them was named the Funk Master, the Funk Master, not to be confused with Funk Master Flex. Um, and he was like a seventies kind of black black exploitation like <laughs> dude, but like before I knew what black exploitation was, like right. it was like. It was like this dude, he had like an afro, he wore a leisure suit, he had platform shoes, and he was like a ninja super agent, and his name was the Funk Master. And then there was this dude who was, I think it was my first superhero I could tr- create, which was named the Foam. And he was basically like a Jim Henson puppet, but he lived in the real world. And he was and he was dressed up like a superhero. So it was the Foam, the Funk Master, and then this guy named Mascot Man, and he wore a mascot head... And then wore various sporting equipment and kind of just kicked people's asses. And that was hmm. the Jimbo Project. And they also had all had um, they all had uh, kick uh, sidekicks. So the foam had a guy named the Laundry, who was just a dude who wore like a sweatsuit and like laundry socks, a lot of tube socks. Uh, the the mascot man had a pinata named the Pinata. Who actually didn't have a personality and was an inanimate object, but he, the mascot man, he he insisted that Pinata was real. And then the Funk Master had one too, but I don't remember who he's, his was. He did have a ne- nemesis named the French Master, who looked exactly like the Funk Master, except he had like a uh, a goatee and it wore a beret, and that was his uh, his nemesis, the French Master. So that's sixth grade Eric Walquist's brain. This explains a couple of things about you. Uh huh. One, the ballad of Flapjack Swede. Yeah, <laughs> Flapjack Swede is one of my superheroes for sure. Uh huh. Also, uh, in high school, your uh, appreciation of founder of Wikipedia, Wikipedia Jimbo Wales. Hmm. I seem to remember you had a thing about Jimbo Wales. I I don't remember having a thing about Jimbo Wales, but if his name is Jimbo. 
which is the name of the Jimbo Project, and whales, which is the name of my favorite animal, I can't yeah. be against it. Yeah, exactly. And Wikipedia, which is where I get all my information. I literally have so a Wikipedia please, op- window open as we speak. Please donate to wikipedia.org. <laughs> also didn't take showers. Sixth grade. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get on Just to... Just yourself with your own blowhole. <laughs> Perfect. I was a whale. Uh, let's get on to the next one. Um uh, and it comes to us from Anaheim. Here it is. Hey, Eric and Jesse. This is Quizmaster Jerry Yoki calling you from Orange County again. Uh, apparently, your system hung up on me last time and didn't get my first message at all. Apparently, it hates me. Um, just I was just actually calling to tell you that the thing that was going to make you, Eric, burn with envy is that I have been chosen on Star Tours as the Rebel Spy six times. Since the time, uh, since I've gotten a, uh, since I've had, excuse me, a- an annual pass to go to Disneyland. And, um, that's about it. Uh, stay arrogant, boys. Keep up the good work and get off my back. Jesus Christ. Dan, I, at least, now Jesse, I don't know if you, if you go through this, but you and I, we went to Disneyland twice in high school. Yeah. I get Disney, I get, <laughs> I get Disneyland fever. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I get Disneyland fever, like every every like a few years. Like I feel like I should go back to Disneyland. Uh, yeah, I'm sh- I don't have that urge. You don't have the urge to go to Disneyland. No, no. I feel like if you lived in California, you would be one of the guys with the annual pass. Oh, I would totally, dude. There's no reason not to. If you live in Southern California, you gotta have annual pass. I would go to Disneyland like every Saturday. Like, if Lydia's uh, working, I just go to Disneyland and go on Star Tours for, like, five times in a row and then go home. See, this is, like, the proverbial free trip to Hawaii. It's uh-huh. still going to cost you. Oh, that's true. You're not getting out of there for free. That's true. you got to navigate it. You definitely have to navigate it. But I, I just, I don't, I'd rather go to Six Flags. Well, Six Flags, though, I feel like I'm going to get stabbed every time I go to Six Flags. That's fine. I can deal with a a light stabbing. They just have better rides. <laughs> a little bit of a, a little bit of more danger. That's just a little bit more of an adrenaline rush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It adds it, it, it adds to the whole experience. It's like hanging out with Raiders fans instead of like <laughs> I don't know, Bills fans. Yeah. Bills fans, they're gun people. They're not knife people. Um, <laughs> you know, Buffalo Bills, whatever. I I feel like I could show up at a tailgate for the Bills. Wearing the opposing team's jersey, and they'd be like, "Let's here's some free barbecue, buddy. Let's have a good time." Mm-hmm. Whereas the Raiders, not so much, and that adds to the excitement of going to the Raiders game. <laughs> it really adds to the excitement. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's get on to the next one. This one comes to us from New York, New York. Here it is. Hey, Eric and Jesse. I'm calling in from Rochester, New York, once again. How you guys doing? I got a pretty simple topic for you this week and a pretty simple question. I'm getting pretty excited about the Lovecraft Brewing Company has reached its final stage of a Kickstarter. I have to admit, I have not donated yet, but it is on the to-do list. I just mm-hmm. need to pick up a paycheck and then I'll be able to do that. But my question Yay. is, what do you guys, uh, what are your thoughts on international beers? And, uh, Canada does not count as international, but I was thinking <laughs> about this because I just got back from Hungary last week. I was really excited because I I thought there'd be lots of uh, good beers in Hungary that I that I could try and 
and sample, you know, during a week in Budapest, I thought I was going to have my fair share. And there weren't many, and it was disappointing. And I kind of thought this way about Hungary, because when I went to Poland in the spring, I found this one pub in this little alley in Warsaw that had 58 different beers on tap, all Polish beers. And it got to the point where at one point in the night, I just told the bartender, you know, the price, pick whichever one you want, because it seemed like every single one of them was just as good as the last one, although that may have been my palate being a little weakened by, you know, reproduced senses and all that. <laughs> but uh, so what's your thought on international beers? How easily do you guys get them uh, being out in Seattle? I know, you know, being here in New York, getting some European stuff is, is pretty easy. And we also have this store in Rochester called Beers of the World that lets you take a trip around the world without a passport. Beers of the world uh, basically gets you a beer from any country you can think of as long as it's not something completely third world and a country no one's ever heard of before. So, yeah, topics international beers. What do you think? Great job on the podcast. As always, looking forward to the next episode. Get off my back. Bye-bye. Get off my back. Thanks for the call, man. Like, yeah, what's I mean, your take on European beers, obviously you're a big fan of Belgians and, and, and European styles. So where yeah. where do you go to get those uh, European styles? I don't know. I mean, I I get what I can take, but it's, it's sort of like Orville and Saison Dupont and Duval. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of just like the kind of stuff you can get anywhere in the yeah. U.S. Spotten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Optimator, which is tastes like garbage by the time it gets to me. Celebrating. I don't know. I don't. I yeah. I, yeah. I don't even. I don't really drink a ton of international beers. And, like, even, like, I feel like the trek by the time it makes it out yeah. of an urban center where it got imported to, by the time it gets to me here mm-hmm. out in the sticks where I live, it definitely takes a toll on the beer. And it's sitting on the shelf forever. Like, I had a Saison DuPont that I got at the local QFC, and it had clearly been sitting around for a while. It just tastes like trash. Yeah. You gotta get fresh beer. I mean, and that's the challenge. I mean, I will say, and I've said it on here before, um, Omnipolo Brewing Company from Stockholm, Sweden is my favorite, probably my favorite brewery, because everything I try from there is awesome. And I have no idea how they get it out here and have it taste good. But everything that I've had from them is delicious. And you're paying seven dollars for a twelve ounce bottle of it, so it you're paying for the uh, for the um, convenience of being even being able to drink it. But um, I love that stuff. But also, I mean, from what I understand, Poland is a much more beer-centric country than... I mean, I don't know anything about Hungary's beer scene. But from what I understand, I mean, Poland is like all beer slash all vodka all the time. So just (laughs) clear or beer. I've heard heard a lot about Polish beer. I haven't heard much about Hungarian beer, but Mm -hmm. obviously I'm not qualified to make that sort of distinction. Well, Jesse, it'd be interesting if we could talk to somebody who, I don't know, Maybe was qualified uh, in the goings on of the European beer culture. Oh, wait a second! We know somebody. His name's Dennis Kleinbeck. Actually, we got a voicemail from him this week. That's what we call a segue. Here it is, motherfuckers. <laughs> hey guys, it's been a while. It's Dennis Kleinbeck from Germany reporting back for duty. Uh, yeah, the last few weeks were really busy. I'm uh, behind on the uh, last episodes. I didn't listen to them. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I had 
lots of stuff to do, getting older, adjusting to life at the university and uh, stuff like that. But now I'm set and uh, there was also a little time to relax um, and I went to Belgium for five days or so. And I have to say, it's really, really nice. Um, I bet. When you're into the architecture and the landscapes, it's it's mm-hmm. really nice mm-hmm. to look at. And, of course, Got the it. beer, uh, where I went with some of the lesser-known brews. Uh, I googled and searched for the the uh, yeah the best ones to 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 um, to taste and yeah i have to say that they're pretty good uh, <laughs> yeah for german it's not easy to to say that the belgian beer oh, yeah maybe a little bit better than the german one but uh yeah <laughs> uh, but back to the university stuff i'm enrolled in an english course uh, which is a lot of fun um And I learned the great thing that English is basically a Germanic language and how similar the two languages are. So, um, yeah, I mean, English is more related to the stuff I talk every day, uh, all day long, uh, than I uh, initially thought. And um, so, why don't we switch it up uh, from time to time and reden mal ein bisschen Deutsch, meine lieben Freunde? Uh, anyway, Jesse, I'm eager to support the Kickstarter and I already ordered a debit card, uh, which is the only way I would be able to chime in a few bucks. But I'm still waiting for the damn thing and it's going to be close, but uh, I'm sure I will be able to, um, yeah, maybe on the last two days of the uh, campaign, but hey, uh, better late than never. Yeah, and I, I really, really hope this works out because it's it's such a great idea and I would be proud to say uh, that I helped a friend uh, start a brewery in the US. Uh, it would be great and crazy and yeah, re- also really great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm running a little long this week without having a real topic to talk about. Um, yeah, so uh, have a great cast, uh, Jesse. All the best luck with the Kickstarter on the last few days. Um Yeah, have a great cast, a great week, and uh, get off my Kleinbeck. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my, I don't know what it is about Dennis Kleinbeck, but like every time he calls in, I get like a little weepy. I get like a little bit of a tear wow. comes to the edge of my eye. I don't it's know. It's just it impressive to have a fan in, in Germany, in the Central Europe region. It's just so great, man. Like my my ultimate dream is to go to Essenspiel in Germany. At, with Dennis Kleinbeck, that would be mm-hmm. like that would be my that would be my ultimate dream. Um, yeah, but no, I mean your English is great. I give it an A minus because you ran out of uh, uh, synonyms for great. <laughs> you did say great twice, so I do have to dock points. This is what I don't understand. Like, is he taking an English language course or like an English literature course? Because yeah, because he seems super fluent. Yeah, English me. language course, like you're done, dude. You're you're okay. You're done with English language. English literature, sure, go for it. I mean, that's like step two. Step one is learn the language. Step two is read the language. So, go for that. But like, but, yeah, dude, it, it just you know, ask your English professor to listen to this section of the podcast. We've talked about this before. As Americans, as native English speakers, Dennis Kleinbeck is a hundred percent English speaker. Speaker percent English speaker. To have him work on his synonyms for great, and other than that, he's <laughs> good to go. Fantabulous. Oh, 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 here's one. I've been working. This this is a homebrew word for me. Mm-hmm. Scrotastic. Scrotastic. 
What? Was, yeah, you heard me. Scrotastic. What's the so etymology that on one? that? Hmm? What's the etymology on that? It's like fantastic plus mm-hmm. scrotally. Like, scrotum. See, I feel like it, it's a mixture of totally, which then by jovialness becomes scrotally. Well, yeah, that's exactly it, because I turned became... totally into scrotally, and then I turned scrotally into scrotastically, and then that I chopped off the adverb and just ended up with scrotastic. Yep, works out. So... But the history of English is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And it, it is truly the bastard child of French and German. And that's the way we like it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Uh, so finally, we have one more voicemail coming into us this week. Oh no, we have two more. Uh, so let's go to let's go to Philadelphia for a little bit of Jr. What's up, arrogant nation? It's Jr. from Philly here. I'm kicking back with a Yingling Oktoberfest. It's not the craftiest beer in the world, but it's a local tradition. They started a couple years ago, hopping on, diversifying, and. It's all good in the hood. So, you know, it's been a while since I called in. I've been enjoying uh, missing out on a couple weeks because it's been crazy busy for me. But then really enjoying binge watching or binge listening even the mm-hmm. show. Uh, really good stuff there. And uh, so tis the season for some craft beer and Halloween candy pairings. Uh, let's get started with Hershey's Milk Chocolate Bars and Milk Stout. Classic. Classic. Pair Milk Stout uh, with Hershey's Chocolate Bars for a uh, smooth and full-bodied pairing. And the added lactose in the beer will enhance the creaminess of the chocolate. I would hold off on this one because I'm lactose intolerant. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so milk stouted up with uh, some Hershey's chocolate, Don Draper style. Uh, Hershey's dark chocolate kisses pairs well with raspberry ale, and uh, that's crisp and tart, you know. So uh, go for some raspberry wheat ale. Sorry, Eric. And uh, next up, we got Butterfinger Bars with a Bach beer, traditional German-style Bach. is uh, dark in color, sweet caramel aromas. Rich, roasty malt flavors, so pair them up with some Butterfingers. We got Hot Tamales, everybody's favorite candy to not eat at the movie theater. Uh, Pair them up with an IPA. Have some hops to cut the heat in the sweet, spicy candies. And uh, an IPA on the more floral side, Mm. as opposed to the Pioneer Citrusy side, goes well here. Something like maybe uh, Deschutes Chain Breaker. Chain Breaker? Hello? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite Halloween candy, candy corn. Mm. We're going to put that with a light lager because who the heck knows what to put with candy corn. Uh, tame the intensity of this sugar candy corn with smooth, dry finishing lager that balances out the caramel flavors. And we got Reese's Peanut Butter Cups with a barrel-aged beer, something like an Avery Rumpkin, which is... One of the stiffest beers besides like maybe Dogfish 120 uh, or some of the other aged dogfish stuff that I've ever had. Rumpkin is something like 13 or 17%. It's way up there. So a barrel-aged beer 
is going to be rich, bold, and, and get together with those peanut butter cups in a nice way. A couple more. We got caramel apple suckers. Uh, that goes good with a barley wine because mm. uh, it's going to stand up to the apple's acidity and give you a little bit of extra sweetness on the uh, sour uh, apple suckers. And last but not least, we're taking a throwback Thursday to the 80s for some Pop Rocks. Which is gonna pump? Uh, which is gonna <laughs> pair well with maybe something from Lovecraft Brewing Company, a funky sour beer, hello, hello. something uh, that is going to attenuate the tartness, the effervescence of uh, Pop Rocks with a funky sour ale. This combination will finish nice and dry and leave your tongue tingling. <laughs> hey guys, so uh, that's my uh Halloween candy and pairings and by my pairings I mean beerandbrewing.com's pairings which I just read to you. Oh no. So happy Halloween. Get off my back. Stay arrogant. Go Lovecraft. Later guys. <laughs> Woo. Go Lovecraft. Thank you so much JR for go for uh calling in this week. Man, JR too. Like this is these are two guys, man. Dennis Kleinbeck and JR from Philly. They're like old they're oldies, but they're goodies, man. They're like the temptations. You just got to turn it up and listen. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, it's all this new again. I have a theory for you, Eric. Yep. I was thinking about this because yeah. you think about candy corn, and it's like, what What even is the flavor of candy corn? Right. It's just like pure sweetness, right? Well, I, I, I tend to associate candy corn with vanilla. You think? I mean, I don't know. It's pretty much just sugar, right? My theory was that candy corn probably got popular back in like when corn syrup was new. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, hey, we can make this corn syrup treat and it tastes vaguely like corn and call it candy corn. Yeah. But now that everything is made out of corn syrup, we can't tell the difference anymore. <laughs> this tastes like Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. And that's cat my theory. food. It just tastes like sweet. Exactly. Uh, JR, thanks so much for those pairings. And finally, we're going to go north of the border for our good buddy, Rolo Tomasi, to cap it off. Here's Rolo. Hey, Eric. Hey, Jesse. Rolo Tomasi on the move, walking my dog. I just had to pause your last episode and call in and say, get off my brain and get out on my back <laughs> or something like that. Uh, you guys were talking about themed costume parties with Roger Datsy, Quentin Tarantino, and Wes Anderson. Uh, this summer I moved into a new house, so my wife and I were uh, talking about doing theme parties. Top two, Wes Anderson, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> thought Wes Anderson might be a little too obscure for uh, all the party goers, so long story short, I ended up ordering a yellow jumpsuit off of Etsy. <laughs> pounds. There's a little entry for the fantasy diary. Uh-huh. Anyways, like I said, get off my back, stay arrogant, and Lovecraft gives you tentacles. <laughs> I love it, Jesse. Yeah. Love yeah. Perfect. Buddy. Thing is, Red Bull just got sued. <laughs> That's true, because they said Red Bull gives you wings. Exactly. I don't want to get sued when people are like, it didn't actually give me tentacles. It didn't actually give me tentacles. So, uh, that's great, dude. Yeah, I, I mean, what's are there any directors, Jesse, that you and I both admire equally? I mean, we can do a Guy Ritchie 
party because everybody would just wear like fedoras and suits. <laughs> uh, I don't even like. I don't know directors. Yeah, I mean James Cameron party might be just, kind I, of hilarious. I'm out of my depth. Yeah, James yeah, Cameron party James might Cameron be hilarious. Be fun because you could dress up as like one of the uh, people from Aliens. Or you could dress up yeah. as I would wear my I would wear my Sigourney Weaver sexy teddy. <laughs> well, you could just be the nude Sigourney Weaver from Aliens <laughs> in, in like the tube where they like clone her back. Was that Aliens? Uh, I think that's Resurrection. Oh Jesus! Well, still, I feel like that's your costume, man. I mean, you're showing yeah, up- exactly sexy Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> no, I've always wanted to like. Get some PVC pipe and some milk crates and make my own uh, auto loader. Yeah, the uh, the robot thing that became the SCVs in StarCraft. Yep, I'm with anyway. you, buddy. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to our topics this week. So we obviously took a lot of time for uh, our listener feedback, and we love it when you give us a call and leave us a voicemail three six zero. Three six two zero zero two four, or some of you decide to go the alternate route. Send us a actual voice recording at personalarrogance at gmail dot com. We love to get your voice on the podcast, and that's always awesome. Um, so uh, we're going to move right into our topics this week, Jesse. And our first topic is going to be movies. Do you know what nemesis means? Okay, so we would be remiss to miss the big big news of the week, and that is the Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron teaser trailer that has been released. And this is the next Avengers movie. It will be coming out in May. Uh, Jesse, before we hit planets, because we're going to watch it together, we're going to talk through it. What are your expectations for the Avengers 2? And can you just refresh us on how much you liked Avengers 1? <sighs> Well, I saw Avengers 1 once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I saw it in 3D, which I think was a mistake. Because mm-hmm. it was not shot for 3D. It was like retroactively fitted for 3D, right? That's the correct term. So, <laughs> scientific so term. the whole time it felt like I was watching a pop-up book. Mm-hmm. But um, I also thought that the story was really boring and bad, and the characters were bad and invincible, which makes them non-relatable. Okay. So there's a couple so- things going into this, because I love the Avengers, but it wasn't my favorite comic, it wasn't even my favorite comic book movie of the year that it was released. Um, but... Uh, but I'm 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 with you. I'm I, I mean I'm I wouldn't say that it's a bad movie in my opinion. I di- and I didn't think that the characters were bad, and I like Joss Whedon's writing. But Thor should not. You hit him in the head with a oh god a lightning bolt a, a magical lightning bolt from God, uh-huh. and Iron Man's like oh now I'm supercharged. Ugh. <laughs> and then Loki is like it's like Loki and Thor and Loki's like, I stabbed you. It's like, Oh, it hurt me. But now I'm back to health. Who knows what any of the rules are? Nothing matters when anything (laughs) goes and no one can get hurt permanently except for like some side character. Who's like some (laughs) agent or whatever that no one gives a shit about to begin with. So boring to set up a television series on ABC. 
<laughs> Jesse, I think oh. that I think that you just have a new tagline for Lovecraft Brewing Company, which is "Nothing matters when anything goes." <laughs> it's it's almost Outback Steakhouse, but not quite. No rules, just right, baby. Yeah, nothing matters when anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse. Well, if you if you thought that the invincibility was a problem, then I got a trailer for you, sir. It's Avengers Age of Ultron. So I want us okay. to hit this thing at the same time, and we'll go ahead and talk through it. So go ahead and count me down, Jesse. All right. Three, two, one, and play. All right. Here we go. Appropriate audiences. Oh, shit. Are we appropriate? Uh, probably not. I'm going to show you something beautiful. I'm going to show you the world. <laughs> Everyone, scream it. Shining, sparkling, gr- <laughs> gleaming. <laughs> you want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. Yeah, exactly. You're all puppets. <laughs> Tangled in strings. Well, we killed a robot already. (laughs) We're ahead of the curve. Got no strings to hold me down. Bruce Banner got skinnier. So... The end. The end. This of the may what? Started us on. Oh, <laughs> this may. So here you go, Jesse. It's Hulk versus Hulk monster thingy. Hulk versus Super Iron Man Hulk. Iron Man. Andy Circus. Hello, hello. Broken shield. Too bad they already broke shield in Captain America 2. (laughs) Sorry. Sound like such a hater right now. (laughs) But Jesse, obviously this is Avengers in peril. Okay, that's what this that's what Age of Ultron is all about. These are the Avengers have have met their match. So are you excited about that when you said that the first movie was all about the Avengers being invincible? Well, um, they appear to be following a pretty clear formula here with Empire Strikes Back. Mm. And I get it. Is that Titanic 2? Say, what? Titanic 2, Empire Strikes Back? They're talking about the the British Empire, right? Iceberg Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when the iceberg came and hit Ireland and Ireland sank. Uh Uh-huh, yep. (laughs) In the same fashion that the Titanic sank. It <laughs> went up on one end and then broke in half and fell down. That's yeah, how Northern Ireland was created. that's how you got created. the Isle of Man. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm still not interested in this and because I, I know there's one of two outcomes. Mm-hmm. Either they 
you know, everything goes bad for a while, and then pull it together. Right. And save the day, or, much more likely, everything goes bad for a while, and then they sort of uh, manage to pull off a punt. Right. Roll credits. To, to the Not to interested the in bit. either of those storytelling mechanisms. Yeah, it's... I'm with you, buddy. I mean, I, and you know, Joss Whedon is a... He's got nerd cred. He's got the nerd cred. Oh, yeah. We're talking Buffy. We're talking Firefly. We're talking the Avengers. And he managed to sink. <laughs> if if he went full Firefly, if I mean, sorry, if he went full Serenity on the yep. Avengers, yep. it would be the best thing ever. It would he be killed kind of off awesome. so many characters in Serenity. That's what I'm saying, man. Kill two characters. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's balls. And not here. shitty ones either. Who cares about Black Hawk or whatever? Well, okay. So we have we we have the Marvel announcements, and in the Marvel announcements, we have Captain America three. We also know that Iron Man is going to be in Captain America three, so that rules out two of them. We also have a speculative Black Widow movie. We have a speculative Hulk movie. There is also a speculative Thor three. I'm saying get rid of Thor, man. And I know this is my favorite character, and that's actually why I want them to get rid of him. Thor kind of gets... He gets knocked out fairly often in the Marvel Universe, right? I don't know. I know he was gone for a long time. Yeah, I'm just saying, man, like, you can kill Thor and he can come back because <clears throat> he's a god. But, and, p- put, him but in, and put him in a dormant again, state. Like, who cares? And again, like, uh, this is what I grapple with when I try and tell a convincing Dungeons & Dragons story. Yeah. Is in Dungeons & Dragons, you can just raise people from the dead no matter what. It's like no one can die forever. And my biggest challenge is trying to create a story where people can just be dead. Yeah. Get rid of them. You can die. And that's the only way to create any sort of real suspense because in comic book land is just like all right he's dead but i wonder when he'll come back well and you know honestly that's what makes people and and i have to take a step back from this because i'm just speaking from speculation here but that seems to be why people like game of thrones so much or one of the aspects there is that people die and they're fucking dead they cut rob's head off spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) and it's done He's done. never coming back. Rob is dead, done, buried. Put him in the crypt in Winterfell, which is a scorched ruin. Deal with it. Spoiler alert. And I like that storytelling. Well, and I'm with you, man. Like I like the most memorable moment of our current D and D campaign. And I know people haven't been following along, obviously, because we're doing it <laughs> with, with our friends. But was a battle of the orchard, and that's because. Aaron's character Bayron literally almost died, and I feel like if he would have died, you would have he would have been dead. I it you know what? Because no because was- because at the very beginning of this D and D campaign, you said that you can die in this game. You set that out at the beginning of the game. You said you can't your character can die and anybody that they try to mess with in this world may potentially have the ability to kill them. Leaving that right. precedent at the beginning of a game, especially a Dungeons and Dragons game, immediately raises the stakes. 
Because I don't know about the other guys in this character. I'm carrying my character over from another D&D campaign. And I don't want this fucker to die. I like my character a ton. And that's why every time we go into battle, I cast invisibility on myself immediately. Yeah, you're, I never have a reason to go after your character. <laughs> yeah. I cast invisibility I, it, it and I spawn never centipedes. Sense. I spawn centipedes on the bad guys. But, yeah, the thing was, with that game, like, I took I took Bayron down, he was unconscious, like, he was eliminated from the from the battle, mm-hmm. and the next round, I had another character hit him in the, hit, hit his unconscious body in the guts with an axe, Yeah, and he would have done it again in the next round and killed him. Right. If, if, uh, I think. Jordy ended up saving his yeah, life. Jordy saved his life, and that was a really intense moment for me because I don't, I don't want to eliminate his character from the game. But I was like, these characters that I'm running have to. Well, they have to, and, and I, also... I think that's where like they they have to because it, it doesn't nothing they do matters if they're not willing to see it out and actually cut his head off and punt it downfield. Yeah, and. And I have to, as a storyteller, I have to be willing to commit to that. And I'm completely fine with that. Like, that is, it adds so much more stakes to the game when somebody dies. And, like, it's, it, the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, in Empire Strikes Back, the Empire got their asses kicked. The worst thing that happened was Luke got his hand cut off. Because even the Carbonite freeze <laughs> wasn't a big deal for Han. Like, he came out blind for 30 minutes and then he was fine. Like, uh, like they there was there, the stakes were still super low after the Empire Strikes Back. Um, yeah, you kill Chewbacca, all of a fucking sudden, this shit is real. <laughs> I I'm just picturing Patton Oswald in that uh, Parks and Rec moment. Yeah, exactly. The severed head of Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, I mean, on the other hand, Qui Gon Jinn gets chopped in half or gets killed in uh episode one everybody hates that movie yeah but no one cared about Qui-Gon that's true that's the other thing I've we've been playing this Dungeons and Dragons game for like near on a year at this point yeah it's because I'm buttering you guys up (laughs) I'm trying to make you care about your characters so that I can really fuck with you (laughs) I easily have the biggest connection to my character that I've ever had to a and d character in a and d campaign in this game um, that makes me really happy because I'm really, really excited where this story is going to go soon. Great. I mean, but that's the thing is like my character, like you say, has been developed for over a year, has a s- extremely strong backstory and has loyalties, has apathies, has motivation, everything that you need from a character. That's the character that I own and that I have owned for yeah, a year plus in this D&D campaign that you put together. That makes it super compelling. And while you can put together really great popcorn action flicks, dude, if you off Captain America and he's fucking dead, if you chop Captain America in half, all of a sudden the stakes have been raised so much higher. You're not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to sell that Captain America toy in six years, but maybe you could sell the Captain America memorial toy. <laughs> yeah, you know. there there has to be the proverbial sort of Damocles hanging over the characters' heads, and if you remove that and mm-hmm. put a safety net underneath them, no one cares anymore. Well, and that's and that's honestly what I'm feeling. Like I've been on, 
I've been on this Marvel bandwagon from the beginning. Like, I loved Iron Man, and I followed that thing through. I loved the Avengers. I loved the original Thor movie. I loved Thor The Dark World. I loved Captain America 2. But for some reason, this Avengers Age of Ultron trailer is kind of falling flat for me. And I feel like it's because I'm not... I don't just want to take the Marvel ride anymore. I want the Marvel ride to actually go somewhere. It's like it's like asking to go on the Matterhorn at Disneyland over and over and over. I'm ready to just jump on a fucking bobsled and and take the actual plunge, you know? Hey, bones don't break on the bobsled. They shatter. They shatter. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like we've been on the Matterhorn enough times. It's time for us to go up to Whistler in Vancouver and take a take a run on the Olympic bobsled track. And you know, everything I've seen from this trailer, it's 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 a little tropey. It's like you said, a little Empire Strikes Backy. And I want some real I want some stakes, buddy. I want some yeah, real stakes. You know, as a moviegoer, you're you're jumping on the back of the bull. Yeah, and you—that's only exciting when you know that it can buck you off. Yep, yep. And and when we're in a when we're in a world where now this is like the eighth Marvel movie, I think eighth or ninth Marvel movie, that bull has to actually, you know, go around the ring a few times. Now it's it's, I don't know, that my analogy fell apart. Whatever. Right, <laughs> and, and this is what I was kind of saying about DC and stuff before was. You got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. You're already making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Start killing people. Start doing interesting stuff with your story. Like take yeah. it in an unpredictable di- uh, direction because people are already going to watch it. You've got them. Yeah. You got the you got the fish on the line. Right. Now hook and do something cool with it. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm just afraid that. With with so many people involved and producers and everything, it's it's just such. I, I'm afraid of the bureaucracy of storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I really think they should fucking kill Captain America. Like that would be the ballsiest move. I'm just saying because <laughs> Captain America: The Winter Soldier was one of the top grossing Marvel movies of all time. If they come out the next summer and fucking kill Captain America, and then Falcon becomes Captain America. That would be an amazing, ballsy move from Marvel. And then they can be like, yeah, uh, Chris Evans is no longer Captain America. Captain America 3 is going to be about Falcon as Captain America. All of a sudden, I want to see Captain America 3 a million times more. So Right. Especially with a character, a legacy character like that. Yeah. Someone like that or Green Lantern where multiple iterations can fill the role. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be Iron Man because whatever. It should be Iron Man, honestly. Tony Stark's been in five movies so far. Six movies if you count the the Incredible Hulk. So it should be Iron Man. Iron Man should pass the torch off. But I I think I, he's the most interesting character to screw around with though. Yeah. Because I, he's the most self destructive. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I really if think anyone can bring the Avengers, it's Tony Stark, and it's his <laughs> alcoholism. Yeah, like I like the idea of Cat of Tony Stark, but I love the idea of killing Captain America. Just off him, <laughs> chop him in half. He's not coming back. Jesus, Red Skull over here. 
Pale Hydra. So let's move on to Trivial Pursuit. We got Genius 1 Trivial Pursuit here. I'm going to roll a six-sided die and see what category we're doing. It is a one. We're doing geography, Jesse. You ready to go? My favorite. All right, Jesse, this question is for you. What tropic line passes through Taiwan? Now, Jesse, I'm going to see if I can agree with you. You've heard the question. Should we go nearest tropic line? Or I guess it's a tropic line. It's not a latitude. Okay. It's one of the tropic lines, Jesse. You go for it. <laughs> um, I believe when I was learning this in fourth grade, yeah, I was trying to teach myself how to remember which one was a tropic of Cancer and which one was a tropic of Capricorn. Mm-hmm. My, my fourth grade logic was if you had corn and it was crappy – you wouldn't want it, so you bury it, so it'd be lower. Okay. So I'm gonna go with the the Tropic of Crappy Corn. I'm gonna go with the Tropic of Cancer by default. And I got it. Oh dang! <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I think you had your logic was right, but for some reason you thought that Taiwan was in the Southern Hemisphere. Taiwan. It's off the coast of China. I don't know. I don't know. It's just south of Japan. The map is screwed up. If you look at a map, the, the equator is like two-thirds of the way down. <laughs> the map is screwed up, guys. I blame the map. I blame the map. All right. Jesse, this question is for me. What state is Mount Rushmore in? I'm going to go South Dakota. Hmm. I think you're correct. I'm going to say uh, the state of denial. <laughs> <laughs> It is South Dakota. Jesse, you need to sweep to tie. What country does a true bohemian live in? Oh, Dennis Kleinbeck's not homeland. Oh, what year is this? 1981. Czechoslovakia. I'm just going to go with Germany for fun. You got it, motherfucker. Okay. Well, I I was worried about Czechoslovakia versus Czech Republic. Oh, not in 1981. Czech Republic's like 1996. Okay. I know. I got there. All right. You you did get there. I'm very, very impressed, honestly. You need to steal the tie. Here we go. What was the capital of Brazil before 1960? I'm just going to go with Rio D. It's on the, like San Paulo. It was Rio de Janeiro. Ah, I think San Paulo is probably the current. That was great. That's a great poll, though. San Paulo. No, the the current capital is Brasilia. Oh, hello, hello. Which is a manufactured city. <laughs> manufactured, just like that uh, stadium in the Amazon for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, it was made by Palm Harbor Homes. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Well, you know, we just did geography, and that means that, uh, well, it doesn't really mean anything, but it it does go nicely into my next topic, and that is geography. And we've talked about this a couple times, Jesse, about map making and about maybe redrawing the lines of the United States. And Mm. Slate.com did actually a whole series of articles uh, about this topic itself and um and there are a couple of really interesting ones so the first one kind of just talks about 
maybe if we stop gerrymandering a little bit, or if I don't know if we did gerrymander, we if we stop gerrymandering, right? Gerrymandering right. is bad, not good. Gerrymandering is like artificially restructuring districts for votes, right? And that's kind of what uh, this writer did. This writer's um, called Christian Rudder. And uh, this guy put together kind of a map of the United States based on population density, which I think is kind of a cool thing. So he kind of split up the entire United States um, according to uh, according to um, population density. Um, and it, it it really kind of speaks to how vast the midwest is the main <laughs> the the main uh the main one that i thought was really interesting and kind of uh eye opening is that if you took north dakota and south dakota which were both or south dakota was featured in our trivia segment and you took <laughs> north manhattan and south manhattan the island of Manhattan in New York City, they basically have the same population. So North Dakota has a population of 672,591, whereas North Manhattan has a population of 672,637. So actually, North Manhattan has more people in it than North Dakota. And South Dakota has a population of 800... That actually surprises me. I, yeah. I, I would have thought that North Manhattan would have had way more than North Dakota. <laughs> well, and then South Dakota. I understand that these states are fucking empty. That's where I'm going to end up. <laughs> I'm just going to get so stressed out that I like cash all in all my chips mm-hmm. and buy a ranch. I'm like, I can, I can eat nothing but goat cheese, right? <laughs> hey, man, goat cheese is, is clutch, man. I love goat cheese. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so South Dakota population eight hundred fourteen thousand one hundred eighty. South Manhattan eight hundred fourteen thousand two hundred two. So actually, that's amazing. The island of Manhattan has more people on it. And by the way, this doesn't even include the very north tip of Manhattan. Uh, the island of Manhattan has more people on it than both states, North Dakota and South Dakota combined. Yeah, and this. <sighs> American democracy is so wild. Yeah. It's it's insane that all these Midwest states, <laughs> Great Plains states, just because you're a state, you get two senators. Mm-hmm. That's kind of really stupid. It is kind of really stupid when you look at because it from that perspective. It's like all of, New York's, all of New York State gets two senators. Yeah. But North Dakota, South Dakota who have a combined population that's not even quite the island of Manhattan, get four senators. <laughs> like, that's pretty weird. Yeah, but it kind of it's kind of a callback to the House of Lords, House of Commons, right? Uh, yeah, and as someone who is legally obligated to hate England, <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of that system to begin with. Yeah. It's like you need a you need a Congress, but then you also need a more hoity toity Congress. I don't think we <laughs> I don't think we need any of that. I, I'm a I'm an advocate for true democracy. We don't need representative democracy, but that's a that's a topic for another Everybody topic. votes on every topic? 
Yes. I, with the internet, there's absolutely no reason why that shouldn't be the case. Exactly. Plebiscites, baby. Leave it up to the people. Yeah. And when we need to vote on something, you, you just punch in your voter registration number online and you say yes or no. Yeah. So this person... Um, uh, I guess sorry. then all the power belongs to... I mean, who gets to z- decide what we vote on? Who gets That's to decide what it's what, interesting. Yeah, who gets to decide what we vote in, and then also who gets to count the votes? I think Walmart. <laughs> Walmart gets Walmart's, to count the votes? Yeah. We're, we're rolling <laughs> back the votes, baby. The Walmart greeter becomes the most powerful person in America. <laughs> <laughs> the Mengistu of 22nd century America. Um. So this person, this is actually a different person who wrote this particular article. This is Ben Blatt. Uh, but he cut up America. What if America were two states of equal population? Where do you think that that line gets drawn, Jesse? If we were two states, um, one west and one east, where do you think that line gets drawn if if, if the two sides had equal population? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's like a diagonal that starts in East Texas and then cuts up and hits the Great Lakes. So you wouldn't – you'd be close. It's basically if you draw a straight line from Chicago downward, then there's as many people east of that line as there are west of that line, and that includes Alaska and Hawaii. Where does it go down? Like where does it hit when it goes down? It goes straight down from Chicago. Right. I, I mean, I'm oh, trying I'm to sorry. draw a it metal goes, map here, but where does cuts, it hit the ocean? It, it basically, it's it's actually not straight down. It, it moves a little bit toward the east, and it basically cuts off at the edge of Florida's panhandle. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So you're including most of uh, most of Alabama and all of Mississippi in that. So it's basically okay. just a, a line drawn straight down the Mississippi River-ish. Um. What about three states, Jesse? Oh, okay. What are you asking me? So what? So the east. So I'm just gonna say this, this is a little hard to a little too hard to illustrate over voice. But basically, if you take like the east coast of Michigan, draw a line straight down, and then you take the state line of Minnesota and draw a straight line down, then you could split up into three states. So even. Like, the American West is so vast. And the crazy thing about this to me is that, like, we have Texas and we have California still in these both both of these areas. And it still doesn't even <laughs> pale in comparison to fucking Florida and New York, basically. If there was no Texas and no California, there would be no one out here. Yeah. It's and it really would be nuts. a utopia. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I actually found all this stuff on r slash Cascadia. They're like, like, we need to secede. Uh, I got the need, the need to secede. I love, I love that idea, though. Just secede. We'll see what businesses stick around in this fugue state that's constantly besieged and at war. <laughs> yeah, Boeing and Microsoft, they're not going to just leave. They're totally going to they are gonna hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so this is, the, this is the crazy thing. So if America were split up into 50 states of equal population, this is another kind of cool map. Basically, like I said, Island of Manhattan, its own state. Uh, Los Angeles, its own state. Chicago, its own state. 
Florida split up into three different states. I didn't realize there were so many fucking people living in Florida. Oh, yeah, dude. That might be the second most populated state. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we have, I want to say it is. We have uh, basically all of Alaska plus western Washington is its own state. Um, mm. they have. I, I do not like the idea of being under the tyranny of Alaska. Well, that's the problem is that all of the... Well, actually, it, it would kind of be awesome, Jesse, because Alaska has nobody living in it. So it's basically eastern Washington, except it has a fuck ton of oil. So, yeah, that's great, but it's also got a fuck ton of like crazy survivalists, <laughs> like Eastern Washington. Yeah, I just say it. If, if there was a war, it'd be interesting—an yep. interesting war between Washington and Alaska. I give it to Alaska. Well, yeah, they have more guns for sure. They—they <laughs> uh, uh, they win the arms know. race. It I'm... could be a push. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got more space. The most amazing thing to me is basically the Canadian border all the way down to Las Vegas and all the way to the California state line is one state. There's basically three giant states geographically. It's that one. There's one immediately east, which is basically all of Colorado, part of Oklahoma, Nebraska. That's all its own state. And then North Dakota, South Dakota, all the way down basically to, to what now is Iowa is its own state. There's just a fuck ton of space, man. There's a lot of space out there. Space, the final frontier. It's actually just Montana. <laughs> yeah. So so this is kind of interesting because it's all geographic. But the other thing that was more interesting to me is that this person then took this and applied social media to it. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah. And this is... This the this is a, Twitter? The Twitter state? It's actually called the United States of Reddit. Uh-oh. <laughs> I do, I do not want to live there. I, don't, I really don't want to live there. Uh, official religion, r slash atheism. Um, not saying that atheism is a bad thing. I'm just saying r slash atheism is a bad thing. I agree with you. <laughs> As a uh, non-practicing atheist, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. It's bad when atheists say that atheism gives r slash atheism gives atheism a bad name well you know what that subreddit is it's not it's r slash circle jerk with an atheism bent atheism isn't about hating on religion yes (laughs) atheism is just hey we live in this world and we can observe it through these means and let's figure it out it's not like oh Christianity, blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Who, who cares about that? But the problem is, is our slash atheism is populated by people who left Christianity yeah. uh, six and a half days ago. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's have a lot thing. to say. I feel like, yeah, I feel like atheism is. Uh, I feel like atheism is is great on its own. Like you don't need to to. Like I feel like that's a major thing that people don't like about religion is that they say all other religions are terrible and they keep preaching that message. That's the thing that people that turns people off to religion is that saying, "Oh, you know that dude who grew up in rural Pakistan who there's no way he could have ever known about Christianity." Yeah, he's going to fucking hell. Predestined right. motherfucker. Like I like that turns people off and when you 
if you just stand on the tenets of your own religion and then not worry about other religions, that's why people like your religion. I mean, that's why people like Buddhism. Like nobody's going out saying Buddhism fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm sure some people are. On r slash atheism. The point is, who cares? Who Whatever. Cares? Yeah. Being an atheist, you know what's great about being an atheist? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I don't have to care. No one cares. No, yeah. Whatever. Chill. Just, Just chill out. It's, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> chill out. Just chill out. So a couple things. Do your on- own thing. A couple of things on this United States of Atheism that I really like. They didn't just look uh, – United States of Atheism. United States of Reddit. <laughs> uh, they didn't, Freudian slip there. Hello? They didn't just look at Reddit. They looked at other things. So, like, number one place where Craigslist meetups – or Craigslist misconnections happen. And kind of the most hilarious thing here is that you can have the Walmart belt. And you, it helps you understand. It helps paint a picture for you of where Walmart is like the number one place that people go. Uh, and this is Montana rolling into South Dakota. That's one section. <laughs> the other section is basically New Mexico. And that goes all the way up over to North Carolina and Florida. Um, and then there's a nice little rust belt there, which is most of Ohio. So most misconnections happen at Walmart in Montana to South Dakota, New Mexico to North Carolina and Florida, and then and then just a nice little rust belt in Ohio, West Virginia area. But there's some interesting things here. So Jesse, where do you think Washington ranks? Where where are the most misconnections happening in Washington? I gotta say, mm, okay, I'm torn mm-hmm. between Spokane and Tacoma. No, this has to be like an actual physical place. So it would be like oh, Taco Bell. Okay, okay. In Washington State, mm-hmm. the most misconnections are going to be at... It's actually on the bus. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that public transportation counted. Yep, on the bus. Southern California, fitness center. Nevada, <laughs> casino. <laughs> I saw you. You're playing uh, the lucky Irishman, <laughs> uh, and you just hit a big jackpot. <laughs> uh, we I got like hang out with you, buddy. Salt Lake City up to like basically Boulder, Colorado. Uh, college campuses, oh. college campuses. Uh, most of Colorado gas station. Uh, the Midwest, including Minnesota, uh, the supermarket. Wisconsin, that's the place you really want to be because that's the bar. Most Cheese misconnections factory. at the oh. bar. Um, Oklahoma McDonald's. Actually, Kansas McDonald's, Oklahoma State Fair. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oklahoma that loves their cool. state fairs, man. That is, you're getting out. You're going. You're having fun. There's carnival rides. There's games. Mm-hmm. There's oxen mm-hmm. that are graded mm-hmm. on a scale of white to blue. I love it. <laughs> That's where I want to be. <laughs> Love it. Um, we got Michigan, the superstore. Uh, uh, what? Yeah. What? I don't know. Superstore, apparently. Uh, the I'm guessing they're they're saying like Costco or Sam's Club. Oh. Um, the Illinois area is on the train. Um, Indiana. Really? My, my really? Favorite, <laughs> yeah. 
On the train? On the train in Illinois. My, wow. My favorite one by far. Most misconnections. If you're looking at Indiana, home of Bald Move Tower, or, or origin point of Bald Move Tower, the most misconnections happen at home. <laughs> huh. It's like you're holding, uh, what? you're holding a party, maybe, and maybe people come over that you don't know. Or that's extremely confusing. It's really confusing, and it and it basically that's what Indiana is all about is being confusing. Mm, although it might be a good move, though. Like, I, I mean, I wake up. I I'm at work before my wife wakes up. Uh huh. If I just get on Craigslist and do a little misconnection and be like, "Hey, saw you this morning. You're sleeping. <laughs> you looked really cute. Uh, hit me up." <laughs> I, uh, I lay my head down next to you about two hours before you do. <laughs> it was super creepy. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um, Kentucky Colonel at the supermarket. Uh, if you're in Atlanta, Georgia, you're talking about the car. South Carolina, you're talking about the football game. Virginia. The, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. At the, ca- the car? Yeah, well, I guess um, that makes sense because apparently they have notoriously bad traffic in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, you mean like physically in your vehicle? Yeah, like I saw you on I-87. It was stop and go. Wow. Um, What a horrible way to live your life. (laughs) Virginia the train, Maryland the park. Kind of nice. That was nice, yeah. I'm sorry, Virginia the gym, New Jersey the train. Um, Trains. Trains. Yeah. Pennsylvania, the convenience store. Most of New York on the subway, Massachusetts in the parking lot. It's really oh. creepy. <laughs> uh, I like this here because you're basically just looking at New Hampshire isolated at the bar, and that, uh, and then up to Maine at the supermarket. This is a really interesting map. Um, supermarket. I feel like a supermarket is a good place to meet your so. Well, I mean, everybody's there. Everybody's stressed out. I don't know. I feel like it's a stressful environment. At the supermarket? Yeah. You're stressed at the supermarket? I'm not. I I don't know, man. Uh, so the, I, I get stressed out. I, but I live in the city. Mm. so it's- I get to the supermarket and I'm like, oh, snap. I just found some 30% off beef <laughs> grass-fed short ribs. And I feel really good right now. Yeah, but you live in a small town supermarket. I go to the Ballard Safeway. Or the Ballard Fred uh-huh. Meyer, like that place is, it, it's insane. It's it's Hurricane Katrina New post Hurricane <laughs> Katrina New Orleans at all times. It is freaky. Um, okay, fair it, enough. So I just guess I don't have to go through that. There's only one more map that I want to uh, mention here in this map segment because I love maps, uh, and that is I do. We truly love maps as well. Yeah, we gotta love maps. Who doesn't love maps? Um, so th- I'm sure people hate maps out there. Well, yeah, West Virginia hates maps. Um, <laughs> Virginia is for lovers. West Virginia hates maps. West Virginia, mapless country. <laughs> no maps. Don't give a crap. <laughs> it's on their license plate. Um, no, no map. No problem. West Virginia, <laughs> deal with it. Fucking magnets. How do they work? Fucking compasses. Same question. <laughs> All right, Jesse. So this is a question I have to pose to you. According to OKCupid, okay 
what is the most DTF state in the union? So, and, and we're talking here. These are these are personal preferences. We have love on one side, sex on the other. What state ranks highest in the sex response to that question? I'm gonna go with Colorado. Mm. You're kind of close. Oh, okay. So you are within two states of Colorado. Do you want to give it another Wyoming. go? Wyoming. Oh my God, you're you're so hot. You're getting hot. You're getting hotter. Did Colorado Is it Dakota? Oh my God. Oh, you made you're a little cooler. Oh God. Now I Nebraska. Oh, you're getting cold. You're getting cold. Oh, all right. Just tell me. Montana. Montana's a DTF state. Montana is the most DTF state in Put the union. Put that on the license plate. <laughs> well, I mean, they're already big sky country. Uh-huh. But according to OKCupid, more people put sex as opposed to love on their OQK on their OKCupid profile in Montana than any other state in the union. What what is what is doing that? What do you think is causing that? Well, it's interesting because actually Montana, if you look at the map, they're actually in a little bit of a hot zone because you had it right, man. Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, all kind of the hot zone of the upper big sky country, DTF. <laughs> Interestingly enough, one of the least DTF states, New Jersey. Hmm, what? Yeah. So Jer- Jersey Shore lied to us. Oh my god. Yep. My head is spinning. Uh other other high ranking DTF states, Oregon, very high. Okay. Um Vermont, very high. Mm, both both hippie towns. Yeah. Hippie states. And then there's a smattering uh, uh New Mexico relatively high, West Virginia relatively high. Uh some of the least DTF states, Jesse, Ohio. Okay. And weirdly enough, New Hampshire bordering Vermont. Huh. What? Okay, what's going on with the differentiation there? I don't know, man. Apparently, you need to pick your state. You need to pick your side of the state line, Vermont and New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe where, like, New Hampshire's where you go to party, and then Vermont's where you go to actually raise your family? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, also, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina. These are these are light states, and and there's basically one lone light state in the West, and I think you could probably guess what that one is. Smack dab in the middle of the West, home of the oh Utah, uh, yeah Utah, Utah's okay. State. I just think this stuff yeah. is so interesting. So check out these uh, social media maps. It's the it's this go to slate.com, the United States of Reddit, and they actually did a full week of mapping the United States in different ways. Very very interesting stuff. So anyway, check that out. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, ready to do a Facebook roundup? Let us. Let us do it. Uh, so each week we go on Facebook, on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, we say, hey, guys, we are um, we are, we are recording tonight, and you should type in this thread. And if you do, then we will talk about what you type. And you type, and then we talk about it. And that's what we call the Facebook Roundup. Start off with Roll Tomasi. Um, if Facebook can stop telling me to boost this post, that would be nice. Rollo says... <laughs> Do you ever get that not-so-fresh feeling? What do you recommend? 
I don't really know what he's talking about, but apparently, I mean, my, my number one recommendation in that situation is double mint gum. I'd say Lysol. I think that's what Lysol was originally yeah. created for. And I think that, that'll cover all your bases. Uh, double mint gum and Lysol. Just put it where it's appropriate. <laughs> Levi says... But not at the same time. That's how you make napalm. <laughs> common (laughs) urban legend it's like bleach and ammonia do not mix uh levi says you're gonna get destiny eric and i say probably not i'm sorry mitch says eric buy a ps4 and play destiny with us it's like halo but good smiley face i just i I haven't played a video game in like a month eric all right eric yeah are we at a lull I think we're officially at a lull. I, I'm just so much more interested in playing board games than video games at this point. I, there's just... Yeah. And there's reason because we're at a lull. Yeah. I, I'm watching this... Um, what's that ad out? It's like that sort of punk rock skateboarder game for the Xbox 360. Yeah, it's um, a Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive. I, I, I keep seeing these ads. Yep. And that game, it looks boring as hell. I played it at PAX, and guess what, Jesse? It was boring what? as hell. It was really, it yeah, was, it was I, not very fun. I, I, I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're pumping their advertising dollars into in a big way. I just yeah. feel like there's nothing really out right now to really draw someone into buying a console. Yeah. I feel like we're at a lull right now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I'm going to get Destiny. The next game I buy will probably be Madden, and it, I'll buy it in April when it's $20. <laughs> I cannot wait to play Madden against you. Yeah, dude. You got to bring your own controller, uh, though, because my control, one of my controllers crapped out. Okay, I'll do that. It'll be fun. Um, we'll I, I also have fun I bought Alan Wake on Amazon. I'm kind of excited to play that, but that's like a five. Don't I play? I've been. I've just just barely barely started scratching the sur- surface of uh, L.A. Noir. Oh yeah, it's good. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I like it. So far, I'm feeling extremely like streamlined. Sort of like just press the button, yeah. walk there, press the button. Yeah, that's true. It definitely puts you on rails a little bit, but whatevs. Uh, uh, J- uh, JM says we'll, we'll see. I I just barely started. Okay. Uh, JM says Avengers: Age of Ultron uh, trailer thoughts. Uh, I think we got those. Mitch says also I'm missing. Is it worse than a punch in the face, Jesse? We need some more punches to the face. Four upvotes on that just, one. Four likes. It's just been. My life has been too good. I can't complain. It's been gravy, baby. Hey, what? Hey, uh, hey, Eric is raising thirty thousand dollars on Kickstarter worse than a punch <laughs> in the face. But seriously, guys, please contribute. Honestly, there's sixteen hundred dollars left before we can make that joke. Uh, Kurt says, don't, favorite- "Don't punch me in the face, please." Uh, Kurt says, "Yeah, uh, making twenty nine thousand six hundred dollars on Kickstarter when you have a thirty thousand dollar goal, or is it a punch in the face?" Yes. Get yeah, on certainly. Uh, Kurt says, favorite childhood Halloween candy. I have a soft spot for Rocket Smarties in the USA. Chocolate bars were few and far between when I was a kid. I like Smarties a lot, but of course you got to go Reese's Pieces slash Kit Kat bars. Easily the best. I'm a Tootsie Roll man. Really? I, I love, love the Tootsie Roll. 
I like the flavor Tootsie Roll. I don't like the chocolate Tootsie Roll. Oh, I love the chocolate Tootsie Roll. You would. Leland says, White House fence jumpers. Is it time for a new fence? Should they raise it higher? What about bulletproof glass enclosure? Like an aquarium, are people just too crazy to do anything realistic to stop them from trying? I'm just saying bear traps. I'm just saying, have we given up on moats? (laughs) (laughs) You are a genius, sir. (laughs) Technically the South also, so you can load that thing up with alligators. They'll be at home. Yeah, I mean, try and stop the alligators from getting in that. <laughs> uh, Sean says there's a confirmed case of Ebola in New York City. Hopefully their public transit operators will be less complacent about mysterious puddles of blood than those in Seattle. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Dude, if, if, if the blood had happened pre-Ebola outbreak, that would have been a huge... Does that? I would have been quarantined for thirty an, days. I had an Ebola nightmare last night. Wow! Actually. Huh. Yeah. I had a bowl of cereal this morning. Ayo, ayo! Uh, Eric says, in honor of Lovecraft Brewing Company Kickstarter coming to what needs to be a successful conclusion in the next few days. What is the most badass vessel, real or fictional, from which to drink beer? I got to go with the one that uh, our, our good listener Joe gave me. It's an Innsmouth Horror. Uh, tiki glass. I freaking love drinking beer out of that thing. I gotta go with your grandma's urn. Jesus, that is badass. <laughs> and it, but the, the thing you gotta say is she would have wanted it this way. Yeah, exactly. She was. She was. A, I mean, alcoholism a, killed her. She so. was a whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Levi says, "Don't listen to Mitchell. Just buy a three sixty. I just made it to level twenty. Fun stuff. Fun stuff, Levi." Uh, Levi also says, oh, yeah, and if you don't talk about it in a segment, what do you think about this heavy right real-life hoverboard introduced via Kickstarter campaign? Jesse, have you seen this hoverboard? I actually have. I'm extremely skeptical. There's no way. Well, it, uh, uh, the unfortunate thing about this hoverboard is it doesn't work on any surface. It has to be on a hover surface. So that, Yeah, that's kind of a deal breaker. We're still a step removed from Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Mitch says, don't listen to Levi. Go- <laughs> don't get stuck in the ways of the past. Just make it to level 27. I'm more well-versed in the ways. And then a, a flat face, not even a smiley face. So uh, thanks for the flame war, guys. Thanks for the comments. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks for the Facebook roundup. Once again, you can get in touch with us. Uh, 360-362-0024. Leave us a email at personalergates at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. We're at the Bald Move Facebook page and the Personal Face Personal Ergots Facebook page at Personal Podcast on Twitter. Most important thing, guys, that we want you to remember, though, it's 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 nearing the end of the podcast. If you haven't given already and you have that inkling in your heart, you say, I want to give, I want to give a little bit to this Lovecraft Brewing Company thing. Stop the podcast right now and go to Lovecraft Brewing Company on Kickstarter and throw it a done. Because uh, the only thing that's going to knock this uh, this Kickstarter down is donut hacks on <laughs> donations. Yeah. Love it. Uh, <laughs> also, baldmove.com. You guys know about baldmove. baldmove.com. Just go there and do the baldmove stuff, including the Gotham Blotter featuring me and Levi, Rocky Mountain correspondent. So do all that stuff. Jesse Recos this week? I, uh, I got nothing. 
How about uh, Lovecraft Brewing Company on Kickstarter? It literally is your last chance. (laughs) This is it. If you haven't given and you want to give, this is you're listening to this podcast. This is your last chance to give. Go to Kickstarter and give and be a hero. Be a great American hero. Do it. Do it. Uh, I got a couple recos this week. First one is the Box Trolls, which is a animated movie. It's claymation. It's done by Leica, which is down in Portland, Oregon. And uh, Lady and I went to see this on a little bit of a whim, but I really liked it. And Jesse, this is a movie that you can watch with your daughter. So once it comes out on DVD, check out the Box Trolls for a little okay. Russell Nisha. Hmm. Cool. Um, and I think that's about all I have. That's that's a show, buddy. Yeah. All right. Wrap it. Kickstarter.com. Check out Lovecraft Brewing Company. And until next time, we love you. And uh, drink beer. And remember that wherever you go. Whatever you do. Please. Stay, stay arrogant. arrogant. Unless your team is the Panthers. Meow. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.